Our topic this morning, and, and I, was, uh, I was more nervous going up on stage bullying Gib than I am doing this forum, because that was, that was uncharacteristic of me, but I thought it was uh, impactful. Um, and you could tell I wasn't very uh, a bully uh, feeling as I was bullying him. I was kind of almost feeling like I was going to cry for a second. This is not a, a bullying way to do it. Let's begin. Let's see. Oh, and you know, I came up half an hour early, figuring I would prepare my mind and stuff. The whole half hour I spent dealing with electronic problems. It, it's ridiculous how things that should be helping us become a hindrance. Is that a cheetah, by the way? A cheetah leopard? What is that? Did anyone know? Oh, thank you. They're the fastest animal on earth, I believe, right? I want you to notice who that cheetah is picking on. The small one. Exactly. Just getting us ready for lunch. All right, it's right after this. Unless you're in a dull choir, maybe more people attend a dull choir to let their stomach settle. <laughs> Bullying. It is an epidemic in this country, so they say, and probably is. <sighs> bullying. When I first thought of bullying, I thought, well, it's it's relative. Some people. You know, it's what you perceive. In our hospital, we have these signs up, um, and pain is relative. What I say is painful. You have no idea what I'm feeling. You can't sense what I'm sensing. I can be anywhere on the chart and, and act appropriately. Um, I thought bullying is kind of like that, where you have uh, somewhere, someone can say, well, I'm being bullied. I feel, you know, oppressed by someone. Um, but is it really relative? Is there more a defined definition of bullying? From uh, stopbullying.gov, and there's so many websites about bullying, it's, the information out there is, uh, you could go crazy reading everything, and I almost did. Um, bullying is unwanted, aggressive behavior among school-age kids, and this is obviously kind of addressing school-age kids. Bullying can happen in workplaces, it can happen in church, it can happen on the bus. In fact, buses typically where things are less supervised for school kids is where it kind of happens more often. Um, but it can happen in all different aspects of life. School-aged children that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. The behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. Both kids who are bullied and who bully others may have serious lasting problems. That's uh, uh, one of the definitions of bullying. Bullying can be different things. We kind of said that's what it is. So in comparison, you know, kids, there's uh, rough play, real fighting, and bullying. And the differences really are usually rough play. It's usually friends. This is kind of what siblings do. Uh, there's kind of a balance of power, though, with siblings. There may not be. Uh, typically, no intent to harm. And the effect is really friendly. It's, it's positive. It's mutual. If there's real fighting among two kids, usually they're not friends. Uh, usually, they're probably equal in power. Intentional harming, if they're fighting, they're really you know, intending to harm one another. And it's a negative effect. 
Bullying uh, is typically not friends, generally repeated, typically that unequal power that we talked about, intentional harming, effect is negative, aggressive, and differs for victor, victim and aggressors. Oh, went wrong way. Yeah, I don't even know how to use this stuff. Bullying deploys aggressive behavior with negative intent from a more powerful child to a lesser. This is why, in many ways, bullies are cowards. They launch their attack of humiliation from a superior position with assurance of victory. The uneven playing field tipped in their favor emboldens them. Bullies rarely go after someone in their own size, physical stature, verbal acumen, or social status. This is why adults must step in and level the field. Fear and humiliation are as substantial obstacles to learning as poor nutrition, bad studying habits, and lack of sleep. Bullying often does not sort itself out naturally. This was uh, one of the books that I read that uh, is about, and you know, I'm going to address some things, and I read a whole lot of stuff about it. My experience from bullying is limited. You would look at me and think I was bullied often, um, but it is not the case. Roy will tell you that I was a bully when we were young, uh, and then I bullied him. I don't really recall that so much. I may have been a, not the greatest friend or not the greatest cousin, but uh, I don't recall being a bully per se. And, and my um, knowledge with my children is limited. There hasn't been too much experience. And one thing happened uh, last year, which if we have time, uh, we'll discuss share thoughts of what we've experienced and what, um, what experiences we all have. I hope to rush through this kind of quickly to get an overview. A lot of our kids typically have been through bullying programs as well where they have understanding um, of what it is and how to address it. So it's not something that's uncommon. It's, it's, a, it's a natural, not a natural, but it's a, a highlighted thing in society today, um, which is interesting. You know. Our understanding of the worldview of things is typically very different than, than the world. Uh, abortion and uh, our position of right to life, uh, gay and lesbian marriage, a traditional marriage. We have many different things with the world. Bullying is a thing, uh, and being anti-bullying, that we can be on the same side as society. So that's kind of a, a rallying uh, call that we can uh, be along with uh, the rest of the world against something. So there's different types of bullying. There's direct bullying, which includes physical, verbal, and nonverbal. Uh, physical would be the hitting, kicking, shoving, spitting, etc. Verbal, taunting, teasing, racial slurs, verbal or sexual harassment. Nonverbal, threatening, obscene gestures. That's direct bullying. Indirect bullying, again, physical, verbal, nonverbal getting another person to assault someone, involving other people, spreading rumors, deliberate exclusion from a group or activity. Again, all of these have the intent to harm the victim, to, to do some negative aspect toward the victim. Cyberbullying, big thing nowadays. All these kids have connections to the internet and to MySpace and my book and my face and whatever they all those things that I don't get involved in, but uh, we kind of have to keep track of um, when it comes to that. 
So why should we care about bullying after all? These are, these are ideas that typically we think. It happens all the time. It's a rite of passage. All kids go through it. This is not a big deal. Everybody has to deal with it. There's nothing we can do about it. Kids will be kids. This is part of growing up. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That, there's a lot of truth to that, you would think. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Is that true? No, it's not true. It's not true. And, and a thing to remember, and, and I kind of focused on this last night. After studying this for a month, it kind of hit me even more so last night. We are, when we're talking about kids, again, we can talk about this in the, in the workplace, in the adults, things that we deal with. But when it comes to children and teen years and such, those kids are going through, and I forget this with my kids all the time, those kids are going through physical changes, emotional changes, adolescent things, hair is coming in places they've never had before. There's all kinds of things. Girls are different than they used to be. You used to hate them now. Hey, they're kind of cute. There's all kinds of things that uh, they're dealing with. Who am I? You know, they, they don't even really understand who they are and how it's kind of starting to walk away from my parents and learn independence. There's a whole slew of life changes that they're dealing with. If we throw them into an atmosphere where they are bullied, where they are mistreated by someone, that just messes them up completely for, not just for that period that they're in, experiencing that, but really can for a lifetime. The horror. 25 to 30% of youth in the US, or over 5.7 million, have personally dealt with bullying. These are staggering numbers, these things. This I read in, in a number of books. I don't know if everyone's quoting each other, but 160,000 children stay home from school daily due to fears of bullying. I mean, that, that's a big number every day. There's, they're missing out on education because of this. Twelve of 15 school shooting cases in the 1990s, in 12 of 15 schools, the shooters had a history of being bullied. The Columbine shooting was one that kind of almost alerted us to all this, and that's kind of when anti-bullying, it was probably before, but when it really took the forefront, there was uh, the two shooters in that shooting uh, had pages of a Facebook page, or there was no Facebook at that time, but um, left notes and stuff saying this is kind of a revenge for having been bullied, for having been mistreated. Um, when, when you're powerless in a situation, your desire to overpower, and basically that's what it is when you take a gun and go into a schoolroom and start killing people. Uh, that is your power finally. Finally you have your power and really it ended in, in horrible disaster. And the fact that 12 of 15, and that's just the 90s, and we hear these pretty regularly nowadays, it, it's scary and it, a lot of it is based on having been bullied, having been put down uh, and looking to be freed from that. 
over 4,000 teens commit suicide every year. And it's believed over half of those are related to bullying. I mean, you know, that, that, that bloody little animal that that cheetah killed, this is uh, natural, this is what the nature does, the, the, the animal kills. And bullying, we think, well, there's no, there's no blood involved. There's, there is. There's blood involved. There's blood in the school shootings. There's blood in the teens committing suicide. One life lost is way too many. And it's all preventable if we would assist and take a stand and, and train. And, and the schools and society is doing a better job of it. But really, I, we don't hear much of it in the church. And I think this is something that we need to be aware of and warn our children and help our children through it if they're being bullied, if they're in fact bullies, and especially as bystanders. Bullying sticks. I want everyone to close their eyes for a second. Oh, you're doing a good job. Some of you know. uh, and raise your hand if you were bullied as a youngster. Okay. Now, keep your eyes closed. Those who had their hand raised, who continue, uh, Who thinks about it still once in a while? Who, it's still in their minds. Okay, thank you. A little less than half raised your hand, which is um, pretty par for the course. And of the half, a quarter, I think, had their hands raised that they continue to think about it once in a while. In a recent survey of 455 adults, over 60% said they still think about being bullied as a child. These are unresolved wounds that are in a person's soul, in a person's emotions, in who they are, and it sticks with them. I have some quotes throughout the presentation um, that I thought were interesting. Bullying builds character like nuclear waste creates superheroes. It's a rare occurrence and often does much more damage than endowment. But that was interesting. In fact, a lot of the superhero movies, there's often uh, a character that has been bullied or has been oppressed in some way, and because of some power that they receive, they overcome and uh, achieve great success and, and is our, uh, you know, a great hero at the end. I think that appeals to people because having been bullied, having been oppressed, having been in that low estate, they want to rise above it and reach some, some higher realm. I just want the bullying to stop. That is all I ever wanted. I used to love going to school. Now I hate it. Expressions of a heart that is wounded. Uh, I want to look at the three... Bullying consists of three people, let's say. You have the bully, you have the victim, and you have bystanders. I believe in our midst we have children that are few are bullies. I don't sense, I don't believe that we are raising kids to be bullies. That uh, I think we're pretty good at that. I may be wrong, maybe we don't, maybe there are some bullies, um, but we're going to look at that. Even more than bullies, we probably have some victims amongst us as, as our children that have experienced 
being victimized by bullies. But above all, I think most of our children have been witnesses to, have been those bystanders, and we're going to address that as well. Uh, and that's really uh, probably a higher amount of focus I want to focus on. Bully characteristics. Enjoy causing pain. Excited by their bullying behavior. Enjoy feelings of power and control. Can be a below average, above average, or an average student. It's really not based on, you know, the dumber kids. It can be anyone. Lack compassion and empathy for their targets. Can be all shapes and sizes. Risk factors for bullies. Lack of parental warmth and involvement. Lack of parental supervision. Minimal or no limits regarding aggressive behavior. Harsh discipline. Physical punishment. Have typically been bullied themselves. These youngsters who have obviously a lack of compassion, a lack of empathy for other people, have been groomed by their upbringing. Some of it is in their being of who they are, but I think a lot of it is their grooming and how they've been treated. And if they've been bullied themselves, if they've had really harsh punishment. You know, sometimes I think in the church we can have a little harsh punishment. I'm not saying it's... I'm not here to judge that. I know that I've beaten my kids um, when they needed beating. Um, Uh, And sometimes I didn't when they needed it, and sometimes I did too hard when they shouldn't have been beaten. Um, But these are things, if you teach that aggressive behavior, um, you're modeling for them, and they follow suit. You know, society talks against bullying. They say, it's wrong, and it's wrong, and don't do it, and they have all these campaigns against it, and it's a, a big highlight um, but there's things that really society supports. Evolution. We saw that uh, cheetah and how it attacked the, uh, the younger, the weaker uh, gazelle or whatever animal that was. I'm not really an animal person, but uh, I have an animal video there, and I'm going to end with an animal video. Um, society teaches worldview nowadays is, is evolution. Uh, strongest survive. Um, so, kind of, bullying kind of fits that. You know, the bigger kid can manipulate the younger kid, can be in charge. It's part of uh, natural selection. It's part of survival of the fittest. And if we believe that, then, then where do we find human worth coming from? If we believe it's just, uh, you know, we, we came from apes, we came from amoebas, then What's so special about us? This is what the world is teaching. So how can we expect them to appreciate and see the worth of another human being if we're teaching them, well, your ancestors were apes. You're, you're nothing special. It, it, it doesn't go along with each other. We're sending mixed messages. Bullying tactics are commonplace in society. From the highest of offices, uh, we see the IRS scandal uh, of the Democrat people in charge, um, uh, focusing on uh, IRS, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, they're trying to uh, intimidate the, uh, thank you, 
intimidates the uh, um, conservative groups and conservative people. That's, that's a form of bullying. Uh, in New Jersey, we have a governor whose uh, underlings under them apparently um, caused, and we have the George Washington Bridge by us, they closed some lanes of the George Washington Bridge and caused this huge traffic jam in the town there because uh, supposedly, this, none of this is proved 100%, though it's pretty sure, because the town governor there, a uh, town uh, mayor, didn't support the governor. So in revenge, these officials said, we're going to close some lanes and cause you some trouble in your, in your town there. Uh, it happens in the workplace. It happens all over. And yet, we're so apt to say, you know, it's wrong, it's wrong. But really, from the highest offices, from our workplace, from wherever we are, it's happening. Um, it, dare I say, in church, too, it happens. I, I, I haven't experienced it myself, but there are, I know, instances of, you know, someone more powerful and someone less powerful, and you have that, that abuse that can take place. I didn't say it was ACC church. I just said it can happen in church. I made a little tongue twister here. That's not why I did it. Biases, biases build baby bullies. What does that mean? Um, this is something that was concerning me as I, as I began thinking about this. You know, I, I don't think we have a lot of bullying problems. We don't raise bullies. But we have our own biases and our own prejudices. We have our own groups of people that we think, whoa, they, they're really bad. Let's keep our kids away. And when we talk in our families, you know, these people are someone we should avoid. These people leave a distaste in our mouth. These people, when we do that, it's natural to do, but when we do that, are we not fostering ideas of, I'm better than them, they're lower than me? These things come up. We as Christians need to be alert to our own thinking and prejudice and to what we pass on to our children. Too often we look at differences and judge others. Like the Pharisees, we can focus on the sin and lose sight of the sinner. We have those with different lifestyles. Gay, lesbian, punk, goth. I couldn't think of any others, but I'm sure they're out there. Things that, you know, we say, ooh, so-and-so has these tendencies, you know, in school. And then you make fun of them or you say, that's not helpful. It's not helpful. You're, you're building a bias against them. As a parent, we shouldn't redo them. And as we hear our kids do them, we need to refocus and say, you know what? You know, how are we ever going to reach these people that are different, that are not like us? How are we ever going to reach them for the Lord if we distance ourselves, if we say they're so wrong and they're so bad and whatever the case they are created in the image of God, as are we. We had a, a homeless guy come in an Eastern church uh, for breakfast. He had been in the church down the street for breakfast, and he kept on walking, and we had some leftovers, and he ate breakfast there and, and left before any services. We loved him. We cared for him. We had a guy with piercings all over. It was just a few years ago. It was difficult to talk to him without being like, like wide-eyed. And it's amazing what you can do with all these piercings. Oh my goodness. Um, but he was a, 
a kind-hearted gentleman. He was a nice guy. Um, he didn't come back. Neither did the homeless guy yet, although we told him there was lunch every Sunday. Um, but these are people that are different and need God's love as all of us do. And we can't close our doors to them. We can't shun them. We can't have a biases against them and build up possibly a bullying attitude in our children against them. Let's look at victims. Who are the victims? We see a target here. A target is something that you shoot at. Um, a, a victim will become a target. Once they've been treated as a victim once, the bully or other bullies will say, hey, this is a weak person. This is easy to do. There's no, apparently no consequences for my actions. I'm getting a rise out of putting this person down. Um, once a target, it becomes a repeated target. Victims tend to be quiet and shy, tend to be passive, lack confidence in physical abilities and strength. I'm looking for my time. I don't know. Oh, the time right there. Excellent. Okay. Uh, poor or unusual social skills. A subgroup who are proact- provocative, thank you, i.e., they can be both bully and victim. Difference in appearance or ability. A lot of these things are things that we have raised our children to be. Some of them, a lot of them are natural to who they are. But a lot of them, we've kind of raised our children in these ways. Just like you raise a bully to be a bully, you raise a victim often to be a victim. Bullying victims. Victims of bullying typically have lower self-esteem, higher rates of depression, higher illness and absenteeism rates, suicidal or self-destructive thoughts and behavior. There's these things of people cutting themselves. I mean, I don't understand the mindset, but part of that is I, I, I don't... They start, the victims start to believe what they're being told by the bullies. I am worthless. You know what? I am worthless. And so they cut themselves, or they come to the suicidal thoughts, and God forbid they actually commit suicide. Few or no real friends. No support group around them to to really lift them up. Bully victims experience. Those that are being bullied, those that are being not bullied. All these symptoms, these physical symptoms that they explain that they're experiencing. How much, how much greater when you're being bullied do you experience these things than not being bullied? The numbers are staggering. The numbers show something of how bad bullying is, not just emotionally, but physically as well. Depression scale, 49%. Huge number for, for kids. It's sad. Cyberbullying, extremely common. Nearly 43% of kids have been bullied online. 70% of students report seeing frequent bullying online. Over 80% of teens use a cell phone regularly, making it the most common medium for cyberbullying. Girls are about twice as likely as boys to be the victims and perpetrators 
of cyberbullying. Boys, I guess, can be up front and can bully face-to-face. Girls have a little easier time not face-to-face in the cyber world, but they are just as likely to do it. Only one in ten victims will inform a parent or trusted adult of their abuse. This is sad. And, and the numbers are, are similar, or pretty much the same for, for regular um, uh, bullying. The victims don't typically share what they're going through. The, I, should have, I don't have a slide for signs of victims, but it's an important thing. Um, we need to observe our children. If they start being quieter at home, and you know, kids can be lively and, and fun at home, because that's where they are, have acceptance and, and stuff. But in school, they can be bullied. And we can think, well, he's, he's a great kid at home. He's, he's wonderful. He's fun. He's loving. Uh, but in school, he's being treated different. He's being treated. And sooner or later, that will evidence in how they act at home. They'll become quiet. They'll become sad. They'll become depressed. All those things will come out. About 75% of students admit they have visited a website bashing another student. This was bizarre to me. There's websites that they make that are specifically for the purpose of bashing other kids. You put a kid's name in there and you write bad things about them. I mean, this is slander. It's it's ridiculous. It's horrible. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Bullying bystanders. And this is the group that I think most of us have fallen into in the past. Most of our kids fall into now. Types of bystanders. There's bully supporters. Kids on the lookout there. There's victim defenders. And there's just onlookers. People that just observe. And, and the bullies get a rise out of having a crowd. They feel, wow, you know, this is kind of a popular thing for me. I can, uh, I can feel good. I have a, a crowd observing what I'm doing here, as horrible as it is. Um, another thing about victims, back to victims, I just remembered. You know, the saddest thing, and I've seen some of this online and in videos and stuff, is when um, you have a victim that is so isolated and so friendless that they go back to the bully because it's better to have someone mistreat you than to be isolated and all alone. How sad is that? To be mistreated is, is a better, at least I know what I'm getting into, I know the mistreatment that I'm going to get, rather than to be all alone and by myself and, and be an oddball like that. That's so sad. Bystander excuses. It's none of my business. I'm not getting involved. I don't want the bully to pick on me next. I don't want to be a tattletale. What can I do? It's a big bully. It's a little guy. I can't get involved. What can I do? If I get involved, it's still going to happen. Then it's going to happen to me too. What can I do? Affects some bystanders. Feel afraid. Feel powerless to change things. Feel guilty. Feel diminished empathy for victims. If you see it regularly, you start to lose that feeling of, I feel bad for that guy. 
You know, the worst person that the kids think in school is the bully themselves. The second person is the victim. You come to, as a, a bystander, you come to think, well, he deserves it. He's, you know, not standing up for himself. He's, you know, wearing funny glasses with a tape in the middle. He's uh, unathletic, whatever the case may be. He deserves it. So it takes a heart to defend and to come to the support of someone um, that is a victim. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. Bullying advice. This is not advice for how to be a bully. This is advice for this, this uh, forum. <sighs> Train up a child. There's common ideas, tactics, results, and I think there's a better balanced idea, tactics, results. Overprotection. We often, as parents, specifically as mothers, can overprotect our children. We want to keep them safe. We have this fence around them that they can't come out of, that they need to stay in. A butterfly comes out of a cocoon. The cocoon breaks down and breaks free. Too often we keep those fences, we keep that cocoon, and sometimes we even tighten it to protect our children. It's a good intention. We're protecting our children. Are we training them? Are we teaching them? Especially by our example of how to understand what is good and what is bad. What true limits are and how to read them and how to define them. Um, Setting a hedge about them is not really teaching them that. Walking with them and showing them why the limits are where they are and how to discern for themselves what the limits are. That's teaching them. That's showing them. And overprotection brings into it a fearful, a timid, timid a cowardice attitude. Um, This is not an attitude we want in our kids. This is an attitude that tends to bring on a victim attitude. When, when they can't look people in the eye, when they have to look away, they can't, they're afraid to address adults. They're afraid to address people and, and be social. Um, again, some of it is natural to who they are. Some of it is what we've kind of shielded them from and you know, I send my kids, sometimes I go to the bank. This is such a small example. I said, you go in the bank and make the deposit for me. And they run in and they make the deposit. Um, it's a little thing. It's those things where you put them out there. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, what did she do? Uh, just recently, she was, wanted her, her daughter to go take a selfie with someone she doesn't know. Something like that. And uh, little things. Put yourself out there. Come out of that cocoon because life is not going to be a hedge of protection around you forever. The opposing, the better way is to be faithful, assertive, courageous. To live life, to really live life that way. We want our children to be nice. Do the right thing. Don't curse. Don't do these bad things. Don't spit in public. I do that, so it's, 
I'm not a good example. There's, there's things that we teach our kids and say, these are the rules, these are what you need to do. Be nice. How much better is it for them to be good? That sounds like a, 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 just a way of saying it, but really, goodness is from within. Goodness is what you are. Being nice is an, is an action. It's behaving a certain way. We want our children to be good in and of who they are because of, Lord willing, their change of Jesus Christ in their life that will really make them be good. Um, but we want them to be good, not to be nice. This is one of my weaknesses. Avoid conflict. I always avoid conflict. I do not like conflict. I walk out of the room when there's conflict at home. I go to my bedroom and isolate myself. In the world, I try to avoid conflict. Jesus didn't avoid conflict. Anyone who is killed for what they believe in didn't avoid conflict. The disciples didn't avoid conflict. They were murdered and killed for what they believed in. Um, conflict was part of who Jesus was, and we shouldn't avoid conflict. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, and we should be peacemakers. And I emphasize this too much in my life. I see this in myself. But there is going to be conflict in life. There is going to be issues where we don't disagree, where we do disagree with others, and we have to stand for the truth and have to stand for what is right. Turn the other cheek. We're going to address this in a second. Don't retaliate, but defend. Anger is bad. Man, time is flying. Anger is bad. Righteous anger. Jesus was angry. He was angry when they went in the temple. My daughter, we watched bullying videos. My daughter tends to talk a lot when we watch movies, and it annoys me, and I said, stop, because she was angry at what she was seeing on the bullying video of how the children were being mistreated. I sent her to her room. And I was angry. And my anger was wrong and angry at her. She had righteous anger because she was angry of what she was seeing of how it was all backwards and, and, I, was in the, and I was in the wrong. Anger is not bad. Sinning when you're angry is bad. If you're angry for the right purpose and you act the, for the right, based upon that anger in the right way, uh, anger is good. Don't sin. We keep ourselves clean of the cursing of the bad thing. We said, you know... Even our preaching, uh, the first thing Dave said last night, and no, Brother Dave, I don't mean to uh, pick on him because it's, it's often what we do. We preach, don't sin, don't think. How much more difficult is it to preach to do good, to, to, to show love to others? It's easy to set fences and don't pass these fences, but to say, what should we be doing? How can we be showing love? Those are... Those are more difficult things to understand and to, to uh, you know, judge and to see if we're doing right or wrong. Oh, wretched man that I am. Children are already dealing with their insecurities and their who I am, and, and they, they've been in church. Those of us that have children, they know that they are not right with God. Um, if we emphasize, you are a sinner, not that we do that as parents, but it comes out, we know, um, how much more important it is for them to know that they have great worth, that Jesus died for them. Um, let, let's balance our ideas. And, and they know, and it'll come up in our conversation with them, that they are not right with God. But there is hope for them.
Turn the other cheek. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to the other also. We know this. This is why we believe we should not attack back and we should turn the other cheek. But Jesus himself had his cheek hit. The high priest had asked him a question. He responded, and this is what happened. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answer, is thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Not that he didn't turn the other cheek, but he, and he didn't fully defend himself, I'd say, but he said, this is not right. You shouldn't be hitting me. I, didn't, I, didn't, I just was answering the question. When, when our children are bullied, we shouldn't tell them, well, keep on dealing with the bullying. Keep on experiencing it. God will help you through it. He will help them through it. But there are actions they need to take to, to work out of it. They, they, they should address the bullying and say, this is not right. And if that doesn't work, if the bullying gets worse, they need to talk to a teacher. They need to talk to someone. Talk to a parent. It has to be resolved. It can't be left uncovered and, and just forgotten and hidden. It will affect them in their little young state of, of transition. It will affect them negatively. They are weak and young and they need our support. Um, don't tell them to turn the other cheek. Help them through it. Have you enemies? Good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. Again, this is what I said earlier, that uh, conflict is not to be... Conflict is not the enemy. Um, Satan is the enemy, and conflict will occur. Courage is fire, and bullying is smoke. We need courageous kids, and bullying will evaporate. Sins of commission, sins of emission. This is what I was talking earlier. Uh, sins of commission we can define easily. Don't do this. These are the boundaries. Sins of omission. Which of these is worse? Is one worse than the other? No, we can define sins of commission very easily because you've stepped over a border. You've, one of these commandments is now broken by what you've done. Sins of omission. Well, I didn't notice the bu uh, bullying, uh, bullying the victim. I, you know, I, who can say what you were or, not, were or were not called to do. Um, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission are both sins against God. And the sins of omission are things that we typically can turn our eyes and ignore. Um, speaking of which... Somewhere in here. See, again, I came thinking I would be prepared, and I wasn't. I was reading a book earlier this year completely unrelated uh, to this. But this is what I read. Uh, who is the biggest bullying, do you think, in the history of the world? I don't know either, but uh, I have an idea. Let me read this. I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust. I considered myself a Christian. We heard stories of what was happening to the Jews, but we tried to distance ourselves from it. Because what could anyone do to stop it? A railroad track ran behind our small church, 
And each Sunday morning, we could hear the whistle in the distance and then the wheels coming over the tracks. We became disturbed when we heard the cries coming from the train as it passed by. We realized that it was carrying Jews like cattle in the cars. Week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we knew that we would hear the cries of the Jews en route to a death camp. Their screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming, and when we heard the whistle blow, we began to singing hymns. By the time the train came past our church, we were singing at the top of our voices. If we heard the screams, we sang more loudly, and soon we heard them no more. Years have passed, and no one talks about it anymore, but I still hear the train whistle in my sleep. God, forgive me. Forgive all of us who have called ourselves Christians, yet did nothing to intervene. How moving is that? How moving is that, that we can watch and hear and observe and do nothing? Let's empower our kids with the strength and the strength of character and the strength of will to stand up against bullying. Advice for victims. Don't believe the lies. You have great worth. Work on your strength and have confidence in yourself. Act confident. Hold your head up. Stand up straight. Make eye contact and walk confidently. A bully will be less likely to single you out if you reject self-confidence. When when people hurt you over and over, think of them like sandpaper. They may scratch and hurt you a bit, but in the end, you end up polished and they end up useless. Again, this this is a, a cute saying, but it really doesn't help when they're in that situation. Children need help when they are in that situation. We need to, as parents, as grandparents, as friends, we need to observe and help and not just say, in the end, things will be great. Again, cute, but I don't know how helpful. The Good Samaritan is probably the greatest example of one who helped someone who needed help, had compassion, had a heart that cared. He was in a foreign land, the Samaritan, amongst those who hated him. The man laying there was, I'm sure, he knew a Jew and hated him, and yet he saw him. The the Levite and the priest walked by. They probably had some compassion in their heart, but not enough to actually act. The Samaritan had the compassion to act on that compassion. He sacrificed his time, his possessions, his money. He was courageous. By carrying the injured man, he risked being a much easier target for the bandits. If, the one, if they beat him, and now I'm lugging this man along with me on my donkey, how much more am I susceptible to being beat? I don't care. I'm doing what is right. Showed love, selflessness, and courage. All for an enemy. Knowing what is right doesn't mean much unless you do what is right. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, thy God, he it is that, doeth, that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a great command. 
Man, time is fleeting. All right, we're done with you, Mr. Uh, bully. This just happened a few months ago. It was on the news. You see what that cat did? Do you see what that cat did? Again, not much of an animal person, but that moved me. I mean, I, are you serious? If a cat has no right to be attacking a dog, a dog, that, that child had eight stitches in his leg. It was gruesome. They showed that too. I didn't, didn't show you that part. Um, but the cat had love for his owner's owner's child, and so what was happening, and went and headbutted the bully, the dog, and the dog ran away. I mean, how, if we, if our kids see a weaker child being mistreated, it's difficult to do, but. Lord, give them strength and stand up and make a scene and say something and help. That's what Jesus, without a doubt, would have done. And it's not of our own strength. It's God through us that, that can really make a difference. So, I've left 10 minutes. I had some other uh, things I wanted to read. If you guys don't have any comments to share or talk about, I will read them, but uh, I'm opening it up to testimonies, thoughts, nothing too long. I'm going to read soon. Go ahead, Duncan, keep going. And... Uh... There was one boy in Kevin's class that had a really bad temper. And he was kind of thin and had been a friend to Kevin. And, um, but a couple other boys knew they had a bad temper. They would do stuff on purpose to just get him all riled up. I said, Kevin, you have to stand up. Because you know his nature. You've got to get in the way. And there was a couple opportunities where he did. You know, and it was, it, but it was intimidating for him. I said, you know what? You've got to stand up for him. I, one of the books, I'm going to show you the books that I read, which are all excellent. Frank Peretti is a, a Christian speaker and writer, and he, um, he, was, he had a huge problem speaking, stuttering, had a, a disorder in his mouth, and he was extremely bullied. But he said, he, he remembers every name of every bully, but he remembers the one child, the one kid that defended him, and he still lifts him up in his mind today. I mean, it's a, it's a real wonderful thing to defend the weak. This is, again, what Jesus would have done. Anyone else? Our youngest, Christopher, uh, at one point didn't want to go to school, and we were trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, we found out that one of the boys in his class was deliberately picking on him and it had such an impact that he didn't want to go, like was shared today. But 
We wondered what we could do about it. We prayed about it, uh, and Martha ended up talking to the teachers about it. Um, the teachers saw a pattern and uh, brought the parents involved with the kid, and there was definitely an improvement. By saying something versus nothing, or it just belittling, um, you know, it, it just washes over a continued hurt situation. So it does make a difference to say something and, and to step in. Yeah. Thank you. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to add to that, um, we also prayed with Christopher for that boy because we wanted him to see that even though he was a bully, he was still one of his classmates, someone that God created, and we had a responsibility to pray for him as well. And it wasn't easy because I am that protective mother. Yeah. But um, we wanted Christopher to see that he couldn't just take revenge either. Exactly. Thank you. Anyone else? Our, our experience with bullying is so bizarre. Uh, in eighth grade, my son came to us once and he said, I forget what he told us about that kids were saying something about Adina or, you know, I forget what. Anyway, so I'm like, just forget about it. Just don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We're not, it's not going to go talk to anyone about it. A week later, we get called into uh, the office as parents. Like, oh, okay, well, well, I guess we'll bring it up then. If they're calling us, I don't know why they're calling us. It doesn't make any sense. We were officially accused, not we. My son was officially accused of being a bully. Man, did that come out of nowhere. I'm sitting in there looking at my son. He's practically in tears. I'm like, it's okay, son. Let's just listen and let's just. Now, was he a bully? No. And, and, you know, when it becomes official like that, there's uh, investigation, not, uh, you know, no cops involved, but, you know, school investigation. Ask, talk to the students individually. It's a whole spiel. Nothing became of it. Was he innocent of bullying? Yes. Was he, was he innocent of making stupid remarks sometimes? No. There was one that, instance that, stu- and there was, was only like three incidents. One on the soccer field where he was telling people what to do. He's athletic and he is a director in general, his mindset is. So he tells people what to do and it was perceived as bullying. He was, uh, he was the school um, student council president. And during the elections, another student had, you know, they put posters on the wall. Another student had a poster on the wall. And it was an unpopular student, not, you know, kind of a down student a little bit. One of those that could be bullied, a victim. And uh, so someone says something about, and, and I'll say my son's name, Philip, says, oh, he's not going to win. And the boy was right behind him. He didn't know. He turns around, and he feels horrible. And this is one of the instances they brought up. I said, bullying is not that. If he was... If he was bullying, he would say it to the kid. He would have made fun of him in front of him. He felt bad for having said something stupid and then saw the child there. It was, it was, it was kind of a ridiculous thing. And in essence, we were, our family, my son in particular, was being bullied by having this bully accusation put upon us. It was kind of bizarre. The family that was leading the charge kind of disliked our family for whatever reason, and it was barred. And that's kind of why we got 
involved with this whole topic. That it wasn't a huge thing that we've been bullied or dealt with bullying, but uh, um, I guess Adina spoke about it last year and it came out, and that's why I'm here today. Um, <laughs> let me just read a couple of uh, interesting things here. Good people stand up to injustice. This is, a, again, the good versus nice. Nice people don't. They slink away and cover their cowardly tracks. Good people make enemies for the right reasons. Jesus wouldn't have told us to pray for our enemies if he thought we wouldn't have any. Nice people worry too much about the approval of others to make an enemy when they should. They go with the crowd, right or wrong. Don't raise children that way. That's, I fear I've raised children that way. 219. Oh, why am I giving the page number? It doesn't matter. Um, I think one of the main reasons we have failed to exercise courage on behalf of the weak and the needy is that doing so requires more than standing for something and someone. Courage requires that we stand against something and someone. Standing against a bully means we name his behavior as wrong and dangerous. The spirit of our age has intimidated us and silenced us. We've had, to in, we've had our indignation toward wickedness drained by political and theological, quote-unquote, correctness. For many Christian parents, teachers, and coaches, our training tells us to pray about a troubling situation and then get out of the way. Additional action is often deemed unnecessary, even unspiritual. God, we've been told, has everything under control. No need for us to get our hands dirty in life's ugliness. Too many of us have our spiritual hand in our spiritual pockets, jingling coins instead of spending them. Our courage has atrophied, and we're not the sources of salt and light we're meant to be. These... Uh these books, if you have any issues with bullying, or, or you know someone that does, um, I highly recommend these. No More Bullies by Frank Peretti, I mentioned it. Stand Strong, this is a great, great book, I didn't even talk about it at all. Stand Strong by Nick Vujicic. Excellent presentation, and specifically for children who are being bullied, I recommend it. Um, Raising Bully Proof Kids by Paul Coughlin. And, and again, there's many websites, the internet is full of a lot of good uh, recommendations on how to deal with bullying. Any other comments before we conclude? I thank you for showing up. I I highly recommended the other ones, but uh, I I told myself if if less than 10 people come, I did like uh, Abraham uh, when he said... Ten people come. Uh, yeah, if less than ten people come, we're going to one of the other forums. But <laughs> you guys showed up, so all right. Thank you for your participation. <laughs>